Blog Talk Radio. Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, say a little bit about me, and then we'll get into what our show's topic is all about today. Uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a uh, professional uh, navigational consultant. Um, some call that a life coach. I'm a professional astrologer. Uh, I've worked with tarot, numerology, animal cards, runestones, all kinds of different types of oracles that I have uh, worked with and mastered over the years. And I do do private consultations for people here in my home office in uh, Phoenix as well as by phone. Uh, if you're interested in a personal session, uh, you can uh, email me at venturasag at yahoo.com uh, to get on my uh, mailing list to receive my monthly newsletter, Snake Oil. And, of course, also to get some information about sessions and uh, setting up a session time. Uh, also, you can go to my website at jimventura.com and get some more information about all that good stuff. I'm also a published author. Published two books in the process of finishing two more, actually technically three more, uh, which should be out within the next year or two as well. Again, all that info you can get at jimventura.com. Also, I'll mention, because uh, today's our astrology show, so we're going to talk a bit about astrology today. I'll also open up the phone lines uh, in about uh, 20, 25 minutes or so, a little more than halfway through the show, and be able to take any live calls. If you have any questions about astrology, any other metaphysical subject, or um, I, I do also, uh, today's show, I do do uh, uh, five-minute uh, mini-consultations, meaning you can ask a question or ask me to pull a card or an oracle for you. Uh, a little just minis, can't really get into that much detail in the short ones, but we will be able to maybe get to one or two of those today toward the end of our show. Anyway, so today's our astrology show. So I try to do an astrology show every month, give you guys an update on what's going on. Uh, what is the importance of astrology? Is it important? Uh, let me give you, you know, if you're, if you're new to the subject, uh, I'll give you a little quick rundown, and then we'll kind of talk about uh, what's happening in the world now and what's up and coming. Uh, your personal astrology, of course, is kind of who you are. It is a blueprint for your life, as I've said many times before on previous shows, too. You know, remember, astrology does not make choices for you as much as it shows your inclinations, your talents, your abilities, your you know, so your struggles, your, your challenges as well, too, that are inherent within the chart. Uh, it's very easy to get a really good picture of your life, uh, abilities, talents by looking at an astrology chart with a professional astrologer or studying on your own. And also, one of the other benefits that you can get into when you look at astrology is you can look at, at current transits, meaning kind of see where things are happening uh, in your life currently in relation to your astrology chart and also really to a large extent out in the world. I've talked a lot on previous shows about uh, uh, more personal astrology. We've talked about Mercury retrogrades and Venus retrogrades and, and some various other things. Uh, today we're going to talk about kind of something that we, we kind of call a bridge planet in some respects. Um, you know, the, the planets, so to speak, are the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, 
primary things we look at in an astrology chart. And yes, of course, uh, sun and the moon are not planets. One is a star, one is a satellite. But when the astrologer calls something a planet, uh, we're in essence just talking about it as being a celestial body that represents an attribute of us. So the more personal planets, so to speak, the moon, the sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, uh, they really do affect us probably more directly in sort of a day-to-day kind of a way in terms of our disposition as well as their movement. Uh, so we've talked a bit about some of those in previous shows. Today we're going to talk about what, again, what I call a bridge planet. Um, these are uh, The bridge planets are Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, I have talked a bit about Jupiter on previous shows. You can catch any of the, the past shows that I've done in, in the archives, by the way, folks. So uh, you know, don't hesitate to go back over any of the shows at your leisure, uh, especially if it's an area that's of interest to you. They're all archived here on Blog Talk Radio. But um, so I talked a bit about Jupiter. That represents where we're f- the part of us that's philosophical, uh, abundant, optimistic, positive, lucky, expansive. Uh, you know, sometimes full of crap, uh, but not necessarily in a negative way. Um, and then uh, the thing that we're going to talk about is, is Saturn. Uh, you know, Saturn in our chart, uh, will, when we're born, of course, Saturn, just like all the planets, are in a sign and they're in a house. You know, think of the signs uh, themselves, and the signs are Aries and Taurus and Gemini and all that. Um, they're kind of like the clothing that the planet wears, the way you tend to, uh, you know, to exhibit those characteristics. And then the house is the area of life where you're going to find the activity predominantly shows itself. Um, Saturn is, uh, again, what we call kind of somewhat of a bridge planet because then there's also the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. You know, those planets will stay in a sign for anywhere from 7 to 15 years. So they're more almost generational influences, although the house in your chart that they land in, of course, will be very, very personal to you. But the sign that they're in will, will stay a while. Um, Saturn and Jupiter, you know, Jupiter will move from sign to sign every about year to year and a half. With Saturn, it's about two and a half, sometimes three years approximately in the sign. It's usually about two and a half before Saturn will move from sign to sign. So Saturn in our chart represents uh, the part of us that is uh, cautious and conservative and um, painstaking. Saturn is sort of the law of karma. So Saturn can can represent, you know, how we're resolving past discretions from other lifetimes, other times and places, you know, where we're cautious, where we're slow-moving, where we may even be fearful. You know, typically when you look at a personal astrology chart, you know, Saturn in your chart is what I, I like to call the lump of coal that you polish into a diamond. It, in essence, is that place in your chart where you probably haven't really had an easy time I won't even say probably. You definitely didn't have an easy time. Saturn, when we're younger, you know, total pain in the ass that way because it does. It makes us what we want. That the part of our chart that Saturn is in, and what we'll often be striving for, can take a long time until it comes to us. We've got a lot of lessons to learn, hardships, difficulties, things to overcome in that area. Uh, but again, I like to call it the lump of coal that you polish into a diamond because as we get older. You know, Saturn becomes that thing that we're really often very good at. It's that thing that we inevitably achieve in a really solid, grounded, uh, you know, painstaking but practical way. Once you kind of get your Saturn, um, you kind of have it often for life. It's a very, very strong influence 
because you have to work for it in that sense. That's why, you know, uh, I always use that kind of analogy or joke that, you know, when you're behind a very old person who is driving, you know, 20 miles an hour on a 45-mile-an-hour road that's one lane and you can't get around them and you want to pull your hair out, um, they're doing it in a Saturnian way. They're just taking it slow and cautious, and they're not worried. They're, they're taking a slow road while you're freaking out because you're not moving fast enough. That's one of the things that, that's funny about Saturn is you can't really push up against it. You'll lose. It won't let you uh, mess with it in that sense. It's going to make you get there slowly, again, cautiously, sometimes fearfully. But it also is that analogy between, you know, the tortoise and the hare. You know, you can think of Mars kind of as the hare. Mars is fast and quick and pushy and aggressive, whereas uh, the, the, the tortoise is Saturn. Slow and steady wins the race inevitably, but it can take forever before it kind of gets there. So why we're talking about Saturn today is because Saturn is making its move into uh, out of Libra and into Scorpio in early October. So we've got about another month, month and a half of Saturn finishing its reign through Libra, and then it will move into Scorpio again for about a two-and-a-half-year period once it makes that transition. So typically, uh, we begin to see the effects of this um, even before it actually makes the transition, uh, not only in our own personal life, but also out in the public world because uh, planetary moves will also affect you know, uh, cities and countries and states and, and the larger consciousness of the planet itself as well. So Saturn is making that big grand move into Libra. So we're going to talk a little bit about it today and, and what, uh, make it move out of Libra into Scorpio, I should say. I want to get that correct. So it's making its grand move. So we're all going to see some things in our own chart happen uh, with Saturn's move and also we'll see some things out in the world. I want to talk about both of those things today because it definitely is an interesting kind of thing to watch and look for. Now, uh, again, Saturn is in your chart, you know, when you're born, like every other planet. Uh, you know, for me, Saturn was in Aquarius when I was born, and also in the 11th house, which is kind of a double whammy. It was sort of the same thing without getting into a lot of detail about that. So um, let me use myself as an example. I'm going to use a couple of other examples about this, and then we'll kind of talk about the larger picture of this. Uh, so for me, you know, Saturn in it's the 11th house uh, is hopes and dreams, group associations, friendships, uh, all of that good stuff. And your uh, Aquarius kind of represents a lot of those characteristics as well, too, our ideals, what we shoot for, what we strive for, uh, you know, the, our, our sense of eccentricity or individuality uh, in terms of how we connect to others at the same time, our smarts. Uh, so I, I had it, when I was born, Saturn was in Aquarius, which kind of made, uh, I've always sort of noticed that about me. Uh, I always felt like a stranger in a strange land. Um, Aquarius or 11th house energies often represent how we connect in groups to others. You know, when I was young, I actually had a fear of my peers almost. It was more like I I had a, uh, a kind of a, a comfort more with people that were younger than me or older than me. And that, that 11th house energy can represent our peers, the people that are around us are similar in some respects. Uh, so I hung out with older people and younger people a lot when I was younger because I had a discomfort, Saturnian feeling around uh, group associations and, and and the things that other people taught, sort of took comfortably for granted. Um, at the same time, uh, 
the uh, Saturnian influence also for me uh, made me, because the 11th house also represents our friendships. So I've always sort of been the rock, the reliable uh, friend uh, to others. I've, I've a lot of long-term friendships in my life, and I've often taken the role of father, big brother with a lot of my friends, sort of that old man sort of <laughs> speak position of maturity in a lot of ways with my friends. So that's not exactly a strange thing to look at. So when you look at your own chart, guys, um, when we look to see where Saturn is, it's going to tell you a lot about what you struggled with, what you, you may have had difficulty with achieving. But again, if you're older, if you're older, over the age of 35, 40, 50, you'll begin to understand that Saturn in your chart really, in essence, is where we're very strong, where we inevitably become solid and strong and, and far more comfortable with who we are over time. Again, not an easy path. That's the way Saturn tends to operate. It's not necessarily an easy path. Um, we do want to understand that it can provide some hardships along the way. But, you know, I always use that expression, consider the uses of adversity, because, again, Saturn will inevitably make us stronger. So I had it in my 11th house, hopes and dreams, group associations, friendships house. You know, I have a sister who uh, was born with Saturn in her first house on her ascendant. Um, she is very cautious, very meticulous uh, in, in the way she executes and does things. And she definitely ran across a lot of difficulty when she was younger. First house is a house of personality and who we are. So she ran across some real obstructions, which I won't get into in detail, that really caused her a lot of difficulty. But true to Saturn, uh, my sister's in her mid-50s now, uh, mid to late 50s, and she's kind of somewhat in a somewhat easier place. And in some ways, I would say a lot of an easier place uh, financially, you know, emotionally, spiritually, because the beauty of Saturn is it does pay off later. So uh, that's the good news. Uh, I, w I want to pause here for a minute and welcome all the guests that are jumping in and out of the chat room. Uh, thanks for joining me today. We're talking about uh, some current astrology. I'll open up the phone lines in about another 10 or 15 minutes here if you have any questions about what we're talking about. You can also comment in the chat room, and I'll be able to take maybe one or two personal uh, quick question calls for the end of the show as well today. Anyway, so uh, again, we're talking a bit about Saturn, and Saturn represents that difficulty, that struggle, that hardship, that slow, painful road that we take in life. So again, where it ends up in your chart, and this is what's key in astrology, you've got to re recognize that Saturn will keep moving from house to house, even in your own chart. So Saturn has been in Libra for the last two to two and a half years. And it's getting ready in early October to move into Scorpio. So not only what we're, what we're going to have seen as Saturn has been transiting through uh, Libra for the last couple of years is it's going to be making us kind of mature and wake up around Libra matters. So what are Libra matters? Okay, Libra in our chart. If you're Libra, you know this uh, well, but we all got Libra somewhere in our chart. And Libra represents relationships and partnerships and diplomacy and balance and fairness and, um, and the attempt to create harmony and peace. Uh, again, it's very much a relationship kind of a, a sign in how we deal and, and keep balance with the, other, with the people around us. Uh, Libra can represent legal issues and court things, anything relating to uh, fairness and balance and, and harmony. Again, so these are some basic quick summation of, of, of what Libra represents in our chart. So what most of us have gone through in the last couple of years is, depending on where Libra shows up in your chart, because the house placement is going to be even stronger, but we've all had a bit of this. It's, it's making us wake up and mature 
around personal relationships, around marriage, around partnerships, around the relationships that we have with others, our sense of fairness, our sense of diplomacy, you know, the way we are treated in the world, the way we treat others. Um, lots of people have had uh, issues. I have a lot of clients that have had issues with legal things in the last couple of years. Saturn uh, and, and Libra will rule that area. A lot of people dealing with court issues. A lot of people dealing with relationship uh, solidification, uh, growing up and maturing in relationships, and also, um, you know, even some breakups and recognition of relationships that don't fit and don't work. So we've been really tested on the idea of maturing around how we view our relationships, how we view uh, diplomacy, how we view harmony, how we view that ability to keep balance in the relationships and the mirror image of the people that we partner with in the closest possible sense. So uh, everyone has gotten some dose of that at some level in the last couple of years. Now, the funny thing is when Saturn goes into a sign or into a house, it usually will make you suffer at some level. I hate to use that word, but it does kind of fit. We'll go through a certain amount of difficulty at first, but by the time it leaves that house or it leaves that sign, we're often kind of smarter and wiser and more mature, and we've grown up. We've come to some type of a, uh, a new awareness, a new sense of, of solidification, because Saturn will have gotten us smarter and wiser. Not necessarily an easy way. You know, I always have to kind of stress that Saturn's movements are not necessarily easy movements. Uh, they are when you're older, not so much when we're younger. In fact, there's a big thing that everyone goes through. Saturn will move through all 12 signs in about 29 years. So 29 is a very significant age, 28, 29, 30, for most people because it's what we call a Saturn return. I mean, Saturn came back to the place it was in your chart. You'll see the same thing at around 58, when Saturn make its second return as well. These are really significant ages for maturing and growth and, and, and you know, movement forward in that way. So we've had Saturn moving through Libra. So again, we've all been kind of experiencing that, that level of growth and, and, and looking at restrictions and, and also maturity in relation to how we relate to others. Uh, you can also see this, of course, reflected in society. Look what has been sort of the big issues and big themes out in the world in the last couple of years. We've definitely seen a lot of issues relating to the courts. Um, issues with the Supreme Court have come to surface about the rightness and fairness of that. We've had a lot of issues about um, civil rights coming up. Again, Libra's about creating harmony and balance. Um, a big theme that definitely resurfaced in the last couple of years with gay marriage um, you know, the subject of marriage itself and equality and fairness for all and all of those things surfaced as Saturn uh, moved its way through Libra, the relationship sign. And uh, you can kind of see that, you know, some years back, you, I used gay marriage as an example. There's so many other examples we can use, but it's kind of a big one. Um, you can see how, you know, some years ago people were against it. Uh, you know, the, the scales have tipped. Uh, radically in in the uh, other direction where more people are for it. You know, within the next five or ten years, it will be, you know, most people, of course, going to be, you know, it'll be one of those things that we fussed over years ago and, and then no one will understand why it was such a big deal in the first place. But uh, we do see that shift and that move in society, uh, and that's what Saturn, again, will do. It will it'll make us mature and become to more solid decisions as it progresses through uh, this sign. So we're at that tail end of Libra, and uh, you, again, we can see a lot of those things uh, having gone out in the world. 
And now we got that push and that move into good old Scorpio. So now we're going to see some very interesting stuff surfacing as Saturn moves in Scorpio. Now, again, this is in early October. I think October 6th is when it officially moves into into sign of Scorpio. Keep this in mind, guys. You know, astrologers attempt to draw very specific lines in the sky, so to speak. But they're a little bit of a blurriness. Often, you know, anyone who's born on the cusp of something often will have a little bit of both of those dynamics operating within their own, um, you know, within their their own arena. In that sense, if you're, for instance, if you're, you know, if you're Virgo and you're born in the cusp of Virgo and, Le- and uh, Libra, you're going to have a little bit of both of those characteristics operating or showing. So uh, we got Saturn's move now into Scorpio. Now Scorpio in our chart rules. Uh, personal power, transformation, sex, uh, money, uh, in terms of shared resources with others, things connected with banks, inheritances. These are all scorpionic kind of subjects and areas or arenas. Um, We will see, uh, again, uh, it has to do with personal power and magnetism. The positive side of Scorpio is the ability to focus energy toward achieving a goal and being very strong that way. The negative side, uh, of course, of Scorpio can be, you know, having to overcome that animal side of us, that part of us, that darker side um, of life. And that respect, all Scorpios understand this, that Scorpio is wired to see the darker side of man at some level and have to overcome that, to not be drawn into that. You know, ultimately, Scorpio is a sign that can truly achieve an ascended sense of mastery. You can have the Gandhi syndrome there as well, too, but there's kind of a tough road in in climbing to that place. Uh, So, personally, again, as Saturn moves into Scorpio, we're going to really have to look at our our sex lives more closely. We're going to have to be looking at issues with shared money, again, around banks, inheritances, uh, how we use our personal power in the world, whether we use it in a good way or to our own detriment in that sense. Um, we're going to see uh, all of this again at a personal level, um, how we influence the world, uh, whether we do that in a positive and a charmed way or whether we do that with uh, manipulation in a negative sense. So uh, Scorpio rules manipulation. Now, that's one of those things that sounds like a bad word, guys, but you know, think about it this way, too, when it comes to manipulation. Manipulation in and of itself is a neutral commodity. You can, if you go to a chiropractor, you go to a doctor, and they heal you and fix you. You go to a therapist, a psychologist, they heal you and fix you. You don't leave their office going, oh, man, I'm mad at that bastard for, for manipulating me. <laughs> Quite the opposite in some cases. You can absolutely love them and adore them for having helped you and helped maneuver you and manipulate you in the best possible sense. Same thing with personal trainer, you know, uh, all kinds of different uh, arenas that operate this way. Then there could be the negative side of manipulation, where you're power-playing someone, uh, cheating on a mate or a partner, um, you know, uh, misrepresenting yourself, uh, being emotionally or psychologically abusive to another human being, um, you know, screwing with people's minds, screwing with people's heads. These can be the negative side of scorpionic energy. So, all of that said, uh, now we've got Saturn representing restriction, difficulty, maturity, wisdom, slow and steady approach, moving its way into Scorpio. So what does that mean for us? Uh, so I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I want to, I, I've seen a lot of people jumping in out of the, out of the guest uh, thing here. So uh, I see my uh, buddy Jack Rogers in here as well, too. I'm assuming that's my friend Jack. Welcome to the show, Jack. Good to see you here. 
Uh, I know there's a lot of people jumping in and out today. A lot of people, as usual, will catch a show in archives. But I do want to welcome everybody who's listening live or in the archive. So uh, good to see uh, all you guys uh, jumping in here and catching bits and pieces of the show. So uh, all good stuff. Anyway, so uh, I'll continue on with this discussion. So uh, we've been talking about uh, Saturn's move into Scorpio. So I've mentioned a little bit of it from a uh, a very, very uh, personal level because it's going to affect our personal lives, guys. You're going to have to deal with uh, things relating to, again, money, finance, or shared resources. Uh, people say, what do you mean about shared resources? When you marry someone, you partner with someone, you share money, you share finances. When you are in a relationship with someone, uh, you know, Libra represents relationships themselves. Scorpio gets into the nitty-gritty of what... Uh, uh, is actually happening when you're in that relationship. What happens when you marry someone and their family doesn't like you? What happens when you want more sex than your partner does? What happens when your partner makes more money than you do? You know, or spends more money than you do? Or these are the 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 the, the, the power plays that can happen in relationship that that uh, that test us about whether we move through that harmoniously or with difficulty or with struggle. That's what Scorpio energy is all about. It's really getting into the heart of things. The Scorpio, you know, Scorpios themselves. A lot of times, you find a lot of Scorpios that are uh, healers at some level. You find a lot of therapists, psychologists, surgeons, um, people that really get into the dig. Like, you know, again, psychologists, uh, detectives, people that have a tendency to sort of dig. Scorpio doesn't accept things at a surface level. It, it's got to kind of dig deeper and find out what the meaning is. To sometimes to their own detriment, but. Uh, and contrary to popularly, Scorpio is not a mean sign. Many Scorpios are very loving, kind, wonderful people. Uh, but they do struggle sometimes with that darker element, as we all do as human beings, because we have Scorpio somewhere in our chart. So as it, as it pushes its way into Scorpio, we're going to see a lot of this stuff coming to surface in our own personal lives. Now, I also want to talk about how this is going to affect the world at large, because you're going to see some really interesting stuff going on out in the political arena and out in the world because Scorpio is moving in, uh, Saturn is moving into Scorpio for everybody. So there's no getting around it. So I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, there's a comment in the uh, chat room I want to answer first. Uh, Jack Rogers is saying, can you talk a little bit about a solar year? I'm in the last week of my current solar year. Can you explain a bit at some point? Uh, thanks for mentioning. Okay. Uh, yeah, Jack, let me, let me sidetrack a little on this. I'll mention a, a solar year. Yeah, what that means in astrology is every year you can do what's called the solar return. So a solar return is looking at uh, you know where the planets are for the for the coming year. Uh, solar returns are interesting things to do because they'll kind of show the primary focuses for a specific year for you. So every year on your birthday you would ask to start a new solar return. So uh, it's, it's something an astrologer can do. You can have it done, uh, you know, online. I've told people go to astro.com. You can get a solar return chart for nothing. It won't cost you anything. You know, again, the only thing that you run across, of course, is that issue of uh, the fact that you may not understand the chart. You've got to get books. You've got to learn it. You've got to, you know, you can sometimes order reports or, again, talk to a personal astrologer uh, if you want to understand it. But at least you can get the chart for nothing through, through astro. So that's something to consider. So what our solar return is, again, is it represents kind of a, it's almost like a blueprint for the basic energy behind where the planets are in your chart. So it gives us a blueprint of what your year is kind of all about in, in a larger context. So Jack's question is, 
you're at the last week of your solar return. Yeah, so what you want to do is you also want to do a solar return for the uh, coming year, and uh, you'll be able to get a feel for where the current year is taking you. Your birthday is literally your New Year's Eve, guys. Uh, it isn't New Year's Eve unless you happen to be Capricorn. Your birthday is when we start our new cycles each year. So that is a uh, a really, really key thing to remember. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're, you know, if you're in the last week of a solar return, in essence, you're looking at the attributes and things that you have uh, been going through in the previous year. You want to do a solar return for the coming year to get a feel for where things are heading in the coming year. Okay, so uh, I've got a call here. I'm going to take it in just five minutes. I want to make sure I do get to uh, this other point here about um, what's going to happen as Saturn moves into uh, Scorpio in uh, October out in the world because Scorpio rules sex and power and transformation and money and finances. And Saturn is sort of the law of karma. What you can expect, guys, is you'll see this in the political arena. Um, it's going to be kind of a merciless next couple of <laughs> a couple of years uh, ahead in a good way and in a bad way. If you're cheating, if you're, um, if you're doing things that are inappropriate around money, around finances, around sex, you're going to have a lot of lessons about maturity and, and wisdom and growing up in those areas out in the world. And politically, what we're going to see is you can see a lot of this kind of already surfacing in some of the political campaigns that are going on. Saturn tends to kind of, you know, force us to mature and grow. So expect to see more sex scandals. Expect to see more issues about people hiding information, you know, taxes, things of that nature coming to light and coming to surface. It's not going to be easy to manipulate in a bad way during um, Saturn's move into Scorpio. It's going to be a little harsher. On, I want to say a little. It's going to be a lot harsher if you're attempting to cheat, to lie, to steal, to to manipulate in a negative sense. Saturn is not going to let you do it. So we're going to see some really interesting stuff out in the world in the next couple of years, guys. Uh, the political arena is even going to heat up even more. So I'll talk about more about this in a minute. I do want to take my call. Uh, I've got a caller and who's uh, patiently waiting, so I'm going to take this quick call. Uh, the call-in number here for today is uh, 646-200-3966. Uh, I'm going to take this quick five-minute call. I might be able to get one more in today. Otherwise, we'll finish the rest of the show with this subject. So let me take my caller here. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, let's see if I get this to work here. Havoc on fire. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Who am I talking to here? You want to just be known as Havoc? <laughs> yeah, let's just call me Havoc. All right, we'll call you Havoc. I like your, well, I like uh, your handle there, by the way. Uh, so, uh, you gonna, had any question you want to ask? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the show. Um, Good. You were you were talking about astrology, right? And um, what do you feel about? Uh, this may not be the current topic, but um, okay, yeah, that's fine. You can you can go a little off topic. It, uh, the the aliens in Easter Island, right? Uh, uh, do you give a lot of knowledge on this? Uh, quite a little bit. Okay, so uh, what? Let me let me tell you what my feeling and 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 my perspective on that is first, and then I'll tell you what. What, what I see around that, okay? Because it's a good question. Um, one thing, you know, I, I've said this before. People have asked me, you know, 
to even question whether there's alien life on other planets is, is ludicrous. In other words, to, it's very myopic to think that out of all the planets in all the universes that we'd be the only one that's occupied. So when people are doubting that that even exists in the first place, that's even more cuckoo bird. You know what I mean? Obviously, I agree. Other, other, I mean, come on. It's just, again, it's so myopic to think that this is the only sort of planet that formed any type of life. And if you're going to buy that idea, of course, you know that there are civilizations that are far more advanced than we are in some respects technologically as well. The brunt of what I find, though, and I've talked about, is a lot of the, the, the UFOs and the things that people see that do come are... Um, I would say a lot of times they're sort of more unmanned, so to speak, probes. Uh, one of the problems that aliens will have when they come into our atmosphere is um, is one of the one of the dangers that can happen in that sense is if they're actually caught in some respects here, then you're sort of imprinting on Earth karma. So well, Jim, a lot of more. Yeah. Jim, I I had a personal experience with that. Right. Right. Um, Tell us about that. What uh, can I can I tell it? I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Just saying it. Tell it. Well, I I I was laying in bed one night and uh, my wife was already asleep, and all of a sudden through the back window I just saw a bunch of different flashing lights and it was crazy and uh, it was almost like. Uh, reminding me of my college days drinking too much because I didn't right, really right. remember everything exactly. But I do know that he stole my butt cookies. Butt and I'm cookie pretty sure he uh, he stuck his alien penis in my asshole. He fucked the shit out of me! <laughs> I'm always amazed by the humor of people uh, in that sense. Is it something to ask kind of a uh, a uh, an intelligent question here, and then we have to kind of step into the silly zone, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in fact, I had a show about a year ago that was very funny. I was doing a show about power animals, and somebody had called in, and they uh, they had we were talking about power animals and one guy had called in and said he had a, a pet owl, which I think was a legitimate call and wanted to know about that. And then I had another, um, I had another, uh, guy call in and, and do sort of the same thing. He said, what if you have sex with owls? I like to have sex with owls. I wish I knew what the show was. It's an archive. It's actually very funny that he did it, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm always, a, I'm always a big fan of, of humor in that sense. But, uh, I also think that it's kind of a, uh, <laughs> Jack Rochester, that was freaking hilarious, right? I always find that uh, that it's uh, very entertaining, but I'm always like sort of amazed at anyone who will uh, go to such uh, trouble to do it in the first place. So thank you, Havoc, for your your, your silly humor. And uh, let me let me use this as a point to rip into Havoc now as well, too, because you uh, you're dealing with a master of humor here there as well and you know I, this is one of the things that I find you know there's a legitimacy to the whole alien idea in some respects and again you know obviously there are aliens and people that have had cut contact at different levels um, but usually when people are really obsessed about it and talking about it in a lot of detail 
I always think that a lot of these type of people that are really sort of consumed with it, a lot of times they have lousy marriages, lousy relationships, they're unfulfilled in their work, they're unhappy. So they become sort of obsessed with alien life because in that way they have that secret knowledge. Um, they have that secret fantasy that the aliens are contacting them, that they are the ones with the, uh, the enlightened awareness and they know more than you do. You can see some of this with very extremely religious people as well, too. Um, it, it really is an emotional, psychological weakness um, within human nature where they become sort of really unhappy in their lives, and again, they want to have be part of this sort of grander fantasy. Uh, that's, a, that's a Neptunian issue, by the way. I'll have to talk about Neptune in the show and, and what, well, that's very Neptunian, by the way. So for an astrologer, that makes total sense. But yeah, And then when, when it becomes sexual, again, this is largely, this call is probably primarily from humor, but when, when people sort of become obsessed with, with sexual things in that sense, so as the aliens came and they probed me, um, that speaks volumes of what's going on psychologically and emotionally. So <laughs> that said... Uh, you know, I had a client years ago that came to me and she was consumed with the idea that she was being uh, probed and sexually molested by ghosts in her house. And, and she really believed this in that sense. I don't doubt that she had ghosts and spirits in her house. But, you know, typically uh, she was in a very bad space emotionally, psychologically. She had years of abuse and relationships. So she wasn't currently in a relationship, so she didn't have any of an abuser in a relationship, so now she was manufacturing ghosts and spirits that were doing it. So again, I'm not discrediting the validity of what she was going through, but she became kind of consumed with that. It was just that was, that's what she knew about being abused. So because she was in the spiritual realm, that was what she was now uh, had decided was happening in her life at some levels. So... All you know, this butt probing and all this other ridiculous stuff. Again, very humorous and very funny. But really, when you listen to a lot of these people talk, you'll often find that for many of them, um, they really don't have much going on in their lives. They really have a lot of pain, a lot of sadness in that sense. So they want that miraculous kind of thing going on. And then I won't get into detail, but but butt cookies and and all of those things as well. Uh, <laughs> again, speaks volumes. I I always think that anytime someone's obsessed with that type of of, uh, of material information, uh, then it's sort of the uh, the expression we think the lady doth protest too much too. It's like uh, people that are really homophobic or really really uncomfortable with that and going on about how that's ruining the world in that respect. It's always like clearly more often than not this is a closet homosexual who has buried that part of themselves at some level and, and then hates it because they're projecting it out into the world around them, as lame as could possibly be. Anyway, so uh, that said, yeah, the alien stuff exists. I think it's just magnetized in a way that's way more than is actually happening in that sense. Uh, it, it's, always so, uh, it's always so over the top. Uh, you know, in terms of where that goes. So I, I will thank Havoc for his uh, humorous uh, phone call here. And uh, I guess a, a little levity is always a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, I have no – I've had a couple of cuckoo phone calls here every once in a while. I think they're, they're, they're hunters that look around for an opportunity to do that kind of thing. So hope you guys enjoyed his little humor thing. I'm not bothered by it. Just waste a little bit of our time, though. Okay, you know, I mean, a little break in humor isn't necessarily a time waster. Sometimes it makes us laugh. So, uh, and then if I really, I broke Havoc's uh, chart down 
and information down, I'm sure he would. I can I can <laughs> decimate them, but I would never do that. See, that would be the scorpionic part of me wanting to attack. Uh, my chart, I have Venus and Scorpio, so it's in my love life. It's all very, all very, very all or nothing. I'm either incomplete or I'm not at all. And I've definitely had some things to overcome in my love life in the past, but I've gotten a lot wiser and a lot smarter as well, too, uh, through maturity, of course. Uh, but again, wherever Scorpio is in a chart isn't necessarily the easy path for us. So as Saturn moves into Scorpio, as we've been talking about today, yeah, we're going to see some uh, some interesting stuff at personal levels. Nothing to be scared of, guys. Um, it's just going to make us kind of, as usual, Saturn sort of makes you wake up and smell the coffee around certain things. Um, I think personally, it's going to, anyone who's in long-term relationships, uh, it can really solidify them at some levels and, and force us to recognize that we all do manipulate each other and push each other's buttons in some ways. Um, and and that, that can be a good thing. Sometimes there's, there's good manipulation. You know, I had a, I had a, a friend years ago who was, uh, was a double Scorpio. He had both his son and the moon in Scorpio, and he really was battling with a lot of things. Poor guy, um, with his family and relationships, and uh, he was very blessed to be extremely good-looking. Uh, a lot of Scorpio, and a lot of Scorpios are, uh, have a certain amount of beauty. And uh, But I remember he was very bitter and very angry about a lot of people and a lot of things, and one day I said to him, uh, all right, man, have a good night, uh, you know, uh, uh, as he was leaving, and I just again said, have a good night. He said, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. I guess I'm not supposed to tell you to be happy or to have a good night, apparently. That, you know, that can be the extreme side of, of, of people reacting to your, to your attempts to manipulate them at some level. But uh, the beauty of Saturn as it moves into uh, Scorpio on the good side, is it is it's going to Saturn will will force people to grow up and mature around issues around sex, uh, again money finances, the human contact and connection that we all have, and uh, you know it, it's a good thing. Uh, it will inevitably uh, expose a lot of manipulation in a negative sense out in society. Um, again, I think the political arena is going to be very 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 heavily hit. Uh, people who were scamming or cheating are going to be exposed in that way, um, and that's gonna, you know, it's gonna wake more and more uh, of us up uh, in some respects to what's really, really going on. But uh, also, again, at a personal level, look at this kind of move out of Libra into really, really having an opportunity to discover how you can use personal power in the world in a more productive, more positive kind of a way as opposed to attempting to manipulate in a in a negative sense. Because if you do, you're going to get beaten down. Saturn, again, is a lot of karma. Saturn just forces us to grow up, forces us to mature. It's one of those planets that rules that part of us that might have to go through struggle, but inevitably it will become where we're most solid and most strong. Okay, wanted to get a little more information. I wrote about a bit of this in my column. If you're not already getting my current newsletter, uh, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. I'll add you to my uh, monthly newsletter mailing list. The column is free. Uh, you get to read my books, in essence, before they're published. And um, also, uh, column subscribers get uh, a little off my prices for personal sessions. So feel free to uh, email me against a free monthly column that will come to you. Uh, if you want more information, about my services, my books, any of the things that I do, you can contact me at, uh, you can get info on jimventura.com. 
or again, email me directly. Uh, got two more weeks here on the astrology special. If you caught the show, you're on my mailing list. Uh, you get 20 bucks off my normal prices for uh, astrology consultations. So take advantage of that. Email me if you want to set that up. And uh, I thank everybody for joining me today. Um, also, if you you are uh, on Facebook, you can friend request me on Facebook. I do a lot of posts on Facebook. I have no problem adding new friends uh, to the mix. And uh, I want to thank everybody uh, who jumped in and out of our chat room uh, with comments. Uh, very good seeing you, uh, my buddy Jack, for many, many years. Good seeing him again. Uh, and uh, thank you, Havoc, for your ridiculous uh, humorous uh, phone call. Uh, I could see how patient he was being. But I, I didn't expect me to elaborate on the subject. He just was, he had his joke going. Uh, kind of like uh, how I feel around Aries sometimes. They, they're listening, but they really want to say what they want to say in that sense. So uh, well done on your silly on your silly probing joke. Good luck with your uh, anus havoc. Uh, anyway, thanks again for joining me. This is Jim Ventura. I'll be here in two weeks for another show. I usually do three or four shows each month, um, and I'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody have an awesome evening. Cheers. <laughs>